Hey guys, it's Andrea, and welcome to the new season of Trekkie and Beyond. We are now exploring some strange new worlds. Are you excited? Because we are. So stick around and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Trekkie and Beyond, Star Trek podcast. I'm Monika. And I'm Andrea, and welcome to episode eight of season one of Strange New Worlds, the Elysian Kingdom. Once upon a time, there was a doctor whose daughter was sick, and instead of letting her pass naturally, he decided to keep her as data in in the ship called the Enterprise. And every so often, he would bring her out and read her a story from the book called The Kingdom of Elysium. And this episode is all about all of that going to hell. So <laughs> let's talk about this episode. Monica, initial reactions. What I love that intro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, once upon a time, the story like that, uh, I feel like is kind of wraps up what like the theme for this because it's all fantasy it's all a fairy tale yeah and i did not connect with this at all i like my science fiction science fiction i don't like to dabble into this 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 other realm of fantasy so i had a hard time with um just connecting with this storyline i appreciate the foreshadowing and uh i was trying to follow along there Uh, I think it's also because I did not, I did not like this episode. I know for sure because it wasn't really an away mission. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was an alien beating that came to the ship, but still there wasn't a journey (laughs) to a discovered world. It was just a little different. It was very different, actually. Um, What did you think about this episode? I didn't like this episode either. Um, And I couldn't figure out what it was that like one of the reasons I didn't like until you just said you don't like your fantasy and your sci-fi to mix. And that's what it was. This wasn't a good fantasy sci-fi mix. And granted, I don't think it was supposed to be, but that didn't help the case, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because to see vines over the set of the ship did not really work for me. And like how it, it just it was very convoluted. Um and I I won never really liked what the doctor was doing with his daughter anyway. I didn't like and agree with the decision of keeping her alive as data because he wasn't ready to let her go. So like anytime the episode sort of focuses on him and his daughter, I don't like it unless he's, because it's very selfish in my mind of what he's doing. Um, so I, yeah, when I found this was a, his episode, I almost turned it off. <laughs> I'm so sorry, doctor. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But like, I just don't connect with his character and I don't connect, I didn't really connect with this episode. There were a few hidden gems. And so we might have to talk about literally just a few hidden gems that we saw. But for those who maybe are watching or just listening to this podcast, there's been a moment since you watched the episode. This episode is all about Dr. Um, Mbenga's um, daughter's fairy tale story that he reads to her, taking over the ship and taking over all the characters of the Enterprise. Um, because they're in a nebula storm and it becomes where only he and one other one other um, person on the ship can retain their memory. It was a little funny seeing Captain Pike as like a little wimp, 
Um, it was very interesting to see all the different characters. I don't, I will have to say, I didn't like this version of Spock. Like, I never thought I would ever say that. <laughs> you miss the ears, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> um, but there was a lot to this episode, but at the same time, there was like nothing to this episode. Right. So I understand Dr. Mabanga's interest and in kind of keeping his daughter a life support yeah. i feel like keeping her in the pattern buffer was potentially to delay the inevitable mm-hmm. he felt as though as a doctor as a scientist he could help find a cure it wasn't until this episode that i found out that um his wife passed away i didn't know if she was just out um on another science mission or something like that but to hear about deborah and that loss and um to find to find out though that his daughter was able to kind of move on that that was the only like <laughs> glimmer of hope i had in this episode but um i i just wanted to say that i I sympathize with him because mm-hmm. he just wanted to keep a member of his family alive for as long as possible and to solve this. And um, it just happened that this nebula had another idea um, that ended up helping. I do want to say that I'm not so dead inside that I don't agree with the fact that he wants to save his daughter. I do agree with that. It's more about how he's doing it mm-hmm. and the way that he's not taking into an account what his daughter wants right and that's the part that i have an issue with because it seems like every time she's having fun or meeting someone he shuts it down and it's like i understand that she can't be out of the pattern buffers for so long but you could allow her to come into contact with other people and it's like he's holding her hostage to just himself and what he needs and that's what i don't agree with because right. it's one thing if she's like oh yeah okay keep me in the pattern buffer until like you know you found a cure for me. Okay, let's talk about this. Oh, it's great to talk, it's great to talk to you guys again. But it's like he doesn't allow her to have a life outside of him. Right. And granted, yes, it's sort of it's against the rules to have her on the ship. But when does Pike care about the rules? <laughs> let's be honest. Right. And let's also face it, there's a lot of parents out there, I'm sure in that timeline as well as this timeline that's very protective of their kids. That create a bubble whether it's social bubble or like a physical bubble around their their kids their family so that they don't interact with others and for his sake it was it was on another extreme but, <laughs> but he was trying to be um like the super dad yeah he was but sometimes is a reason why they say it takes a village. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you. Because <laughs> um, I feel like it just, it seems more of a, I can't let you go versus I don't want you to die. And it sucks. Either way, it sucks. Lost, losing a family member. I can't even imagine losing a child. I've only lost a parent and that sucks. So imagine losing a child. But it just, I never really fully like, look. I don't think she agreed to this. And yes, she is a child, but this is still her quality of life that you're denying her for your quality of life. And that's, I, I just, 
I was hoping I was rooting that he found a cure based off of the other episode with the crazy people who sacrifice kids. I was hoping he found a cure off of that. I was really hoping, but it seems that this cure is something different. Um, another hitting gem in this episode is La'an. Homegirl can't sing. Homegirl is crazy. Homegirl is a spoiled little princess. And I love it. <laughs> like she walks in. I like I had to pause the actual episode because I was laughing so much. I <laughs> I'm still laughing thinking about it, seeing her with her little pooch. And I just And that was her real life dog. Like that was <gasps> the actress's real dog. Like that was <laughs> That wasn't okay. a stage puppy. <laughs> so yes, it was very cute. And she mentioned, like I mentioned back in like the second episode that she can't sing. That episode with the egg, when they had the like uh, Spock and, and um, Jahora had the singing and... unison. Yeah. She said, I'm not, I'm not a singer. I can't sing. And she was right. <laughs> yeah. She can't. It's awful. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. um so another thing about this episode that was sort of interesting is that the bad guy isn't really the bad guy in this episode the bad guy which is the entity that turned this whole ship into a crazy little fairy tale isn't really the bad guy because she is looking out for the child that i feel has been overlooked so maybe i'm agreeing with the entity in this one um because she um she made a point to say that she scanned the ship and saw the child and how lonely she was and like she's not sick when she's with me so you have to leave her with me and I loved it because it made him have to actually put his daughter first and not to say that he hasn't but like to truly put her first in the sense of I'm still going to lose you, but I'm going to lose you in a different way. And I'm okay with that because this is like, he finally let her make a choice for herself versus her body, her, um, her sickness, how she wanted to deal with it. And I liked that. I really, I liked the fact that the entity was like, I can give her a better quality of life, but she has to stay here because if she leaves, she'll get sick again. Right. It was a completely different solution that I think he could have ever conceived because this, um, would only occur in this nebula so he had to make this decision here if they left she then um his daughter would go back to that um to like the former leukemia Mm -hmm. state so um here was his opportunity to make a choice as you stated for to really allow his daughter to be immoral to like set her free outside this pattern buffer to have mm-hmm. a real life <laughs> and explore and travel learn new things and grow um and then to become to, also to have a friend and she was missing that and i think that's mm-hmm. why she connected with the first servant because it was just another young kid that she could play with just hopscotch you know just Basic. Pouring out for the first servant. Yeah. My bad, dude. Yes. <laughs> that was a horrible way to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if I was Dr. Mabanga, though, I would have asked Deborah a lot more questions because it's a little tough to give up your child to this being 
that's not as scientific like it's hard to pinpoint this right mm -hmm. and he's giving up his knowing what we know about first servant and, and other evildoers in the galaxy and beyond it's there's a lot of trust that you have to get to let your child go to this other entity and hope that everything works out okay and he ended up trusting her and this whole system um and thank goodness she circled back and told him i'm okay and I've named my friend Deborah after my mom. It's like, oh, so rest in peace, Deborah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's also, it's very interesting because the first time we get to see his daughter make a decision for herself in this entire episode is her decision to leave. Um, well, or was it her decision to go to his quarters? No, so the first time we see her make a decision for herself. Like, yeah, I thought it. I oh, I thought that was her decision to go to those. Quarters. No, no, I mean we didn't see that on camera. We just saw her. Uh, in the I'm talking it. about like we hear, hear her say something okay. for herself. Okay. Um, and this was the first episode where even including going to the court, it was the first time we, she really got to make a decision. I want to do this, and also, hey, you're not gonna let your daughter see where you live. Seriously, dude, like she couldn't be at the like. How sick is she? To the point where she can't, you can't risk the walk from the med bay to your to your quarters. And if she's that sick, why are you ever taking her out in the first place? Well, first of all, he could just beam her there because <laughs> she's in the bed of her. <laughs> but the only thing I could think of is that like that was a quarantine state. Like that room was quarantined for her leukemia to keep her safe. I don't know. That's how I justified it in my head. <laughs> this whole thing's fantasy because <laughs> like seriously if she's that sick why are you ever taking her out in the first place why because neither here nor there i'm gonna be honest i would have taken i would have asked for the stuff that they that, oh, from the first servant planet i just if it's that serious to where you won't even let her leave the pattern like that med room then like do anything, break any laws, break any rules. It's like you're already breaking one rule, keeping her there. What's another one to save her life? Like, dude, come on, come on. Do genetic modifications. Talk to number one. She's a mod. She could figure something out. Really? Like they're so, okay. If people who are listening to this and not seeing the actual facial expressions that I'm making, <laughs> I'm losing my mind because there were literally so many options that he could have taken to save her life because he's already breaking the rules having her there and the way that she is there. Number one could have definitely spirited her away back to her people and was like, zoop, 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 tune up, got the mod, you're not going to get sick no more. And I mean, granted, it was really, it was really beautiful to see her grow up because he he feared he was never going to see his daughter grow up. So it was great to see her in an older form, but there were so many other ways he could have saved her life. Cause you were already breaking the rules, having her there. What's one more to save her life? Cause you'd be in trouble, not her. Well, here's, here's another problem with this whole storyline. <laughs> How long was she really in that pattern buffer? Remember when we started out the ser this series, the Enterprise was undergoing repairs from that whole like 
um end of season two of discovery like all of that craziness and all of those shots fired so was she also in the pattern buffer while the ship was under repairs and like then they started these other missions like how long has she been in this state poor thing <laughs> so at least she's free and able to, to explore life now so many questions not enough answers but we're going to take a little quick break and then come back and talk about whatever else we see issues with in this episode. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Trekking and Beyond. Part two of episode eight. So this whole half, we're going to talk about things that Monica liked because as we know, I'm the one who's dead inside. So let's talk about the sets. What did you think? So... I thought it was interesting that I'm just going to call um, the being from the nebula, Deborah, henceforward. <laughs> so Deborah like changed the, the bridge so that there was like draped curtains of blue and uh, <laughs> it just looked very rural, very uh, um, Renaissance fair mm -hmm. <laughs> to me. <laughs> so it was interesting that like, that set change you could tell it was still a bridge but you could tell that it was transformed to this fairy tale scene um so they didn't just move to a whole completely new set uh to to showcase this story so i thought that that was interesting and then also the um the med bay changed um, that had more of like a swampy feel and there were mm -hmm. like vines and different things like that growing around and there was a forest and the cargo bay changed to like a royal chamber um the um uh the place where they beam from that became like a prison cell with the bars so they changed different sets around. I know the walls are closing in. I can't take it. Pike, seriously, you know that guy had fun playing that role. You know he had fun playing that role. Yes, yes. And that's a whole other thing that I, I thought was interesting and I liked seeing these characters in a completely different way because this is a completely different Pike that I had ever dreamed I would see because he was not brave. Uh, this pike was not um, um yeah it was not trustworthy <laughs> not a leader not anything that we've known complete opposite actually mm -hmm. so uh it was interesting oh and his hair was different because it's parted down the middle and downwards instead we of don't the trust people with that haircut <laughs> we don't trust people and the draping that <laughs> of, the, of the costumes um, Leon's costume was beautiful, that grand like ball gown um, as a princess. Um, and then um, just everyone, Ortega's, uh, her costume was great and her sword. Um, I think just everyone just played their part well, like just completely transformed into this com different character <laughs> and it looked like they just had lots of fun so <laughs> okay I'll say that yes I can agree that it does look like they had fun uh recording this episode regardless of the fact that this is probably them going back in time episode so there's always one where somehow some crew ends up back in time and has to start all over again or figure out a way back to the future 
It felt like one of those for a moment. Yeah. What do you think about Yohora's gown, her crown, her nails and jewelry? Yes. I didn't like Yohora's, uh I didn't really, I didn't, I, 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 I'm sorry, people. I didn't really connect with the costumes in this episode. To me, it was more of a, really? Um, and then also seeing her as queen, I just, in my mind, she, I guess if people are playing the opposites of who they are, maybe, because in my mind, Ahura does not scream evil queen. And so even seeing her, I was like, okay, I'm not scared of you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah, dead inside and stuff, yeah. so people, I just, I... I didn't really I, connect. I didn't like her crown. I didn't like that half crown thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that she had. I thought the gown was nice and the boots were on point. Um, I, I thought the the all the nails were distracting for me. Um, I yeah, I thought Pating she portrays a much I don't know. Um, a much better princess though but she was like a, a different type of princess though than um than your horror in this realm I well, just, the was the queen well i mean like a in a royal kind of way i didn't uh. feel like she was as queen like poised and like but you could be an evil queen but still have that mannerism of being i don't know Regal. more powerful than everyone else <laughs> so um so not so much for I agree with you not so much for her um but I I thought that the set was just was just beautifully changed and um it helped bring me into the story a little bit a little bit more <laughs> See that's sort of where I'm going to have to differ cuz I didn't like the set I thought it looked tacky <laughs> Yeah 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 um, because it just it didn't meld I don't know, maybe if the computer looked a little bit more dirty. Um, because it seemed like they literally just hung vines yeah. over the actual set. And so it was like, if this is supposed to be like a fake kingdom, why does the computer still look brand new? Like if it's supposed to be so overrun, it just didn't mesh well to together. Like, and then also the fact that the entire whole book, the multiple kingdoms on the same ship, that part was a little confusing to me too, because like you're walk he Dr. Mabanga is supposed to be a king, but there's also a queen, but Laan's a different type of princess, and then his daughter. There was just, it just was very sort of like, Laan, where are your, where, where, where are your subjects? Because you're all on the same ship. I felt like she beamed in. And it's like, oh no, the Crimson Guard. Why are you afraid of them? You're the king, you're the king, right? Oh, not on this. Sh- okay, so there's more than one rule. There was just a lot to sort of follow story wise. It just sort of seemed a little bit more black dash to me you know what i really wanted i really wanted more of a non-european fantasy tale and story like i felt like this renaissance story was a little off for me for mabanga's like fairy tale story that she would ring Mm -hmm. that he would ring to read to his daughter and they would keep reading over and over and over again Mm -hmm. i don't know i was just I've seen Renaissance just done so many times and 
this is so far into the future and other cultures and civilizations, it would have just been nice if it was different type of fairy tale story and of other cultures. So, so. Another character. You know, I, I had I had the same thought. I did. Now it's just like there's only two characters who could play everyone. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I, I feel like they had to go. I will say this. I do like that they made his his uh king robe more of an African feel yeah. to it. I will say this. I did like that because I caught it too, where it's just like like this is your daughter's story, probably because you picked it out for her. Why would you why wouldn't you pick out something else for your like because like really we like parents introduce their kids to the things that they like so it's like why wouldn't you have picked a different because obviously I know where you're from based off your accent I know where you're from right why wouldn't you buy unless like your wife picked it up and we we don't know what like well we do know what race your wife is but we don't know what culture your wife your uh wife was she could have been more Americanized who knows but it's not enough black people this episode to do Sorry. But they could have still the scene, the scene that was set, the costumes could have been much more rich in other cultures. Um, they could have. They could have. They could have been different. Especially because leading into this transformation, the daughter asked for an alternate ending. Like she wanted to change the story a little bit like oh I don't like that part can we like change it she mentioned that so this is also a different chance to retell the story visually mm-hmm. and uh, with different costumes and different scenes and then make it more Afrocentric that's what I thought she's eight <laughs> she's eight she doesn't understand <laughs> but- <laughs> I agree I agree with you <laughs> I didn't get it at that age. They will now because they're about to get a, a black mermaid, but it's a whole another conversation for a whole other story. Right, right. But I agree. There could have been more. And I feel it also it sort of shows what she was introduced to as a child because at that age, it's up to the parents to sort of start forming the world the way their kids see it. When they're old enough to start understanding the differences, but seeing the cultural significance. And if they're if she's never introduced to it, you gotta blame the father. I'm so sorry. I know you're your daughter. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, but we find out at the end of the episode that um when every when the nebula uh gets uh the daughter and she is grown up again and we see her in a little bit more of a traditional outfit, which I thought was pretty. Her outfit was really yeah. cute. Yeah. Um, and then we find out when everyone gets their memory back no one remembers and the nebula wiped the security logs and like how is that not a more of a red flag to like starfleet why are there not section 31 people on this like ship like what happened like (laughs) how is no one remembering the last five hours and then number one you find out that someone does and then you don't say there were a lot of like loose ends at the end because like this is you can't sweep five hours of no one remembering anything under the rug in Starfleet. You can't. So how are you going to do that? I don't know. It seems like they've done this a few times on us. Uh, where, like, everything that happened to Michael doesn't exist anymore. Like, so, so, 
so I don't know maybe there's just like big gaps in um the logs in the Starfleet database of time <laughs> and this is okay for them it's not okay it shouldn't be okay but it's interesting to me that the only person that's interviewing um, Dr. Mabanga about this was Una, like the security chief, Leanne should be like, okay, we need to know more about what happened. You need to document every single second and we need to like to get deeper to this and look at also that pattern buffer, like and find out if there was any type of Trojan horses that were left behind. <laughs> All valid, valid, valid concerns and actions that should have been taken, or at least that we could see being taken. Um, what do you think is next? So we have about like two more episodes before we're at the season finale. So what do you think is going to happen to, um, cause we've seen so far in this show, they have referred back to past episodes in the season. Um, we see that with the Pring showing up a couple of times. Um, we see that with the whole Dr. Mabanga's daughter. We see that with um, things I've been going, like Laon has stated about her past. So we know that while each episode is not really connected, it is an, there is an underlying overarching type of story. And we still don't know what's going to happen with Spock's brother. So what do you think is going to happen next? Right. And don't forget the big overarching story, and that's Pike. And yes, and uh, <laughs> and how his characters become comes to term with knowing about um, his death. But I think this is going to be the the last of the deeper dives into Mabanga. I think because <laughs> so. this is so much him, and it's so. And I think we'll <laughs> revisit him and his daughter next season. So I hope they put this on a shelf Forever. and let's circle back another time. <laughs> <laughs> and let's stay in reality <laughs> and probably revisit with the Gorn and Patang and Spock. I But there's two episodes left and they're probably going to string a, along this Spock and Patang for a while because they're engaged for at least 10 years. <laughs> so like, I hope to bring... And I'm I'm hoping we see more of Tapring and Spock. Um, I I don't think we can solve Pike's issue this season. We're not we're definitely not gonna be able to solve it because we still have like nine more years. Um, I need Nurse Chapel to figure out her ish and leave Spock alone. Um, and I really want to like Ahura by the end of this. I really do because like she was one of my favorite characters, and I just I haven't really connected with her this season like to where I care about her well-being yeah one more character I'd like to learn more about and that's Hemmer I we've um learned a little bit gradually across um the series but he mentioned a few episodes ago that he did not like teamwork and he was definitely part of the team this episode <laughs> against his will though yes but that was the same thing with uh ahura a few episodes ago he didn't want to team up with her but he had to so um i think it's interesting having someone um in non-human as a chief of engineer also um blind i would like to learn more about him contrary to jordy that had to use a visor to help him see like he's confident in his 
um but he's also not human though so like for him being blind is not the same as a human being blind absolutely and he developed other senses that yeah. helped tremendously with this fairy tale story yes <laughs> um because we saw that when he was working with ahora he knew how to do everything on the pad and like he couldn't see it but like the way i guess his species is he could still see it right in his way yes it's very interesting yes yes i don't know if i like him yet though yeah i don't I guess what him, i'm but trying I don't. to mention is that he did not feel the need to have to use technology to overcome that like he's just comfortable the way he is i mean he's he was chopping peppers without yeah. it like I, I don't need it I, i'm good he's, <laughs> so. like, I'm, he's like it's only a disability for humans right yeah ouch burn <laughs> burn right there i don't know if you feel it but i just got burned <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, any final thoughts before we end this episode that is it okay well thank you guys for listening i hope that we didn't make anyone mad with our hate or at least with my hatred of this episode (laughs) i'm sorry people i really do love star trek but i also believe i'm allowed to talk about things i don't like absolutely absolutely so as always i'm andrea i'm monica and live long long and and prosper Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Trekkie and Beyond. If you enjoyed that episode, feel free to subscribe by pressing that small little follow button. And if you feel so inclined to support, well, that's even better. And as always, live long and prosper. Mm